join us for Changing Your Life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. I want to talk with you about when my faith is under pressure. When my faith is under pressure. I want you to turn with me to James 1 and 5. When my faith is under pressure. Have you ever seen a pressure cooker? Now, I know long ago, they, they would, one of the things they put in a pressure cooker was they can put rice in a pressure cooker. It's a pot. If you don't know what a pressure cooker is, it's a type of pot. And the ones I'm talking about, you put them on the stovetop. And you want something to cook faster and nothing can get in and nothing can get out. And inside where the heat is building up all around it, the food cooks quicker. Sometimes people put chickens in into this pressure cooker and like what it may normally take I don't know how long it take to cook maybe an hour and a half but it cooks under that pressure under the heat it's done quicker and James 1 starting at the first verse say those things that the Holy Spirit once said so we're just going to read through here together you have your Bibles the first chapter in James 1 says James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greetings my brother, my brothering, my sistering, my children, whoever's in the presence of the Lord, count it all joy. Do you know what it means to count? Now, when you were in school, one of the first things they taught you is how to count and how to read. And the first number they taught you was the number one. All right. You got to go start it from the beginning. There's a process to this thing. And the first thing they're going to teach you is when they learn you to count, they're going to teach you what a one is. Then they're going to teach you what two and then I'm going to teach you how to say it but they're going to show you what it looks like and they're going to keep counting three four five six seven eight nine ten and when you go up to ten boy you really think you've done something but the scripture says count it all joy and we're going to learn why do we what do we count all joy he says when you fall have you ever fallen it's something that you don't intend to do I know I've fallen downstairs before I tell you it's not a pleasant experience but when you fall, it's something that you don't try to do, but it's something that happens to you into diverse temptations or various trials and tribulations. Or another translation, when you're surrounded by trials and tribulations, when, when you're surrounded by it, he said, you got to remember to count it all joy. Now, you're counting the circumstance. You may have different circumstances going on in your family, in your business, in your body, in your with your children. You may have circumstances going on in your job, with your friends, but whatever it is, whatever's going on with you, the Lord says to count it through the word of God, through James. He's telling us, count it all joy. Now, this scripture talking to James, James was the brother or known as the half brother of Jesus. Jesus had brothers and he had sisters. This particular James in the scripture is talking about Jesus's brother is writing this to Christians because they were going through much persecution during that time from the Roman Empire. And he's telling them how to persevere, how to stand in their faith. He said, knowing this, see, you got to know something. You got to know something. So he said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, he said, the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith. Nothing can whip faith. Every test, every sickness, every disease, every mountain, every roadblock, it's just trying to do something. But the word of God says, but faith worketh patience. Now I had a, a watch and this watch stopped working 
And so I got it out to see, did it need batteries or what was the problem? And it says it does not need any batteries. It operates on solar power. The components inside had stopped working. When I put it in the light, it still didn't work. I have to employ the company. I have to give it to the company, back to the company, so they can go in and they can look at every function and see what's causing it not to work. We're trying to see why faith is not working in your life. What component, what thing is out of order? And God wants to put it back so you be made whole and complete. And fourth verse says, let patience. So you got to let patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. That means complete and mature, fully developed and perfectly equipped and entire wanting nothing. Do you know what that means? Not to want nothing. I mean, not all your needs are met, but all your wants, all your desire, your godly desires are met. He said, and you let patience work. You're going to be complete. But you got to know this, that even though no matter what test, what trial, what tribulation comes in your life, you're going to have to let patience because some things don't come automatically. Have you ever waited for something and you waited and you said and you want to give up? But see, that's when patience is supposed to kick in in you as a believer to work those things. And it holds your faith steady while you're having faith forward. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be complete, fully developed and perfectly equipped and entire and wanting nothing. And then the fifth verse says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Some people say, I don't know what to do. Well, the scripture already tell you right here. If you don't have wisdom, if you don't know what to do in a situation, what are you going to do? Ask for it. But who are you going to ask? God. And guess what? And give it to all men, all women, all children, all boys and girls, liberally. See, God got a lot of wisdom. Just think about this. And John, it talks about how he forms the world. Let me go to it, John. Let's go. Let's turn to John 1. It says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. How all things made? By him. And without him was not anything made that was made. God makes all things. So even for man to make something, it's got to be God that has started and created all things. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask for God. And what I want to say about that, I mean, if he created the whole universe, he created every person here, everything that you see in the seen and the unseen, it was created by God. There's a lot of things going on right now in the spiritual realm. You can't even see, but it's still happening. Just because you can't see it does not mean it does not exist. Let me repeat that. Just because you cannot see it does not mean that it does not exist. See, we cannot see God, but we know in our spirit that he exists. Most people cannot see angels, but they exist. We cannot see the devil, but guess what? He exists. We cannot see his demon forces at work, but let me tell you what? They exist. And just like God has an assignment on your life, the enemy has an assignment on your life. God's assignment is to bless you, to prosper you in everything that pertains to life and godliness. But the enemy's plan is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he has a force that's going about to go in to your life, to enter in and cause havoc, chaos, and destruction. And that is purpose. The enemy's purpose is to kill, steal, 
and destroy. But good news, God said he sent Jesus to bless us. Amen. Turn us away from our iniquities, our sins. And to bless us means to empower us to prosper. Give it to all men liberally. That means without measure. He wants to just pour out wisdom on you. He just wants to pour out knowledge upon you. He wants to give it to you if you ask him. And upbraid it not, and it shall be given unto him. Now go to Romans 5, 1 and 5. Romans 5, the fifth chapter and 1. It says, when your faith is under pressure. That's what we're talking about. When your faith is under pressure. Therefore, being justified. Does anybody know what being justified means? Justified means just as you never did it, just as you've never seen. It means declared righteous. We can't become righteous on our own. Righteousness comes from God. A lot of people say, I want to do the things of God, and but I can't because I, I'm, I'm not righteous. No, the word of God said you have been declared righteous by the blood of the lamb. He declared you righteous. I can't make you righteous. Only the Lord can make a person righteous. Only the Lord can make a person holy because he's holy. Because as you seek him, as you ask for forgiveness, he is just and righteous to forgive your sins. And that's how we come to him. We have to ask him for these things. And not that we continue to sin. God said, God forbid. But through him, we learn to triumphant in all things. By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't have any peace? Where you didn't have any joy? We want to be in a place where we have peace, where God is happy with us and we're happy with him. God wants us to be in a place where we're not disturbed or we're not moved by the things that happen around us that try to trouble us. In Romans 5 and 2, it says, by whom we have access. Access means entrance by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The glory, we stand in faith. We where we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The glory of God. When you please God, what pleases God? That scripture says something pleases God. Faith pleases God. When you're in a place where you are worshiping God and you're glorifying God and you're pleasing God, he's got to do something. He can't stand still. He's got to do something to bless you. And that's what the glory of God. Now I have in the commentary, it talks about what is the glory. It doesn't describe it all, but I think it's a pretty good definition of what the glory is. Some people describe the glory as seeing smoke. I mean, I've been in services even here one Wednesday night when the glory of God came in and there was a cloud, a cloud. It came up on this platform and we could see it when the supernatural came into the natural realm. We could see the glory cloud hovering in here. And sometimes in our services, people have seen angels. Now see, not everybody can see them, but they, like I say, just because you can't see them does not mean they don't exist. When the glory of God comes into place. Okay, one co commentary says the glory is described this way as wealth. You know, in heaven, they talk about even the streets of gold. I mean, that's in heaven. Transparent gold, the glory. So when God is present, when God comes in, God's not broke. There's wealth. There's numbers. Numbers mean, like even with God, there it said, there's so many angels you can't even number them. They're innumerable. There's commerce, power. That's the glory. I'm talking about the glory, a definition of the glory. Wisdom, promotion. 
you're looking for a promotion in your life, in your job, in your spiritual walk, all these things come from God. Superiority, dignity. We're talking about the glory now, the definition of the glory. Authority, nobility, splendor, valor, magnificence, extraordinary privileges and advantages. I'm just going to read that one more time. The glory. It means wealth, numbers, commerce, power, wisdom, promotion, superiority, dignity, authority, nobility, splendor, valor, magnificence, extraordinary privileges and advantages, the glory. Now let's go back to the Romans. Romans 5 and 2 says, By whom we also have access and the entrance in the faith unto this glory wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And 3 says, Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. We glory in tribulations. What does that mean to glory in tribulations? We glory, we hide in tribulations. Now the Bible talks about Daniel. He was brought to Babylon as a young man. He was put in a place of position. And the people around him was very jealous of him. They were jealous of him because he served the living God. He loved to pray. He would go and he would look out of his window and he would pray to his God, which is our God. He would pray and he would seek the face of God. And they were so upset with him, the people that were under him, the people that were already in the kingdom, some of them, that they despised a plan. They talked to the king and to making a decree that nobody could make petitions of any God for like so many days. So Daniel said, I rather obey God. Some of you need to write this down. I rather obey God than man. That is the principle of God that you need to stand on. I don't care what man is telling you, a woman, if it's not in line with the word of God and it's not according to the will and purpose of God, then you better obey God rather than man. To fear God, to fear him is to obey him, his commandments. Whatever he tells you to do, you do that. And he's going to bring you out at every time. God cannot lie, nor can he fail. So they put Daniel in a position where he decided, I'm going to obey God rather than man. And he went to his window, knowing that it could mean the end of his life. He went to his window and prayed. And guess what? Somebody's always watching you. And you know what? They were waiting for him. They just couldn't wait to go back and tell him. You know what a tattletale is? They can't wait to go back and tell something on you, you know? And they went to the king and they were telling the king, blah, blah, blah. And Daniel did this. And we saw him praying. Now he said, now what you going to do about it? Now what you going to do? Now we saw him. He not obeying you. Now what you going to do about it? And you know what? The king sent for Daniel. And he had to, because of his law, uh, the Medes and Persians, he cannot go against the law that he declared. He did. He decreed. He could not go against it. So the punishment was Daniel had to go in to a den of lions. That was the punishment. And it meant death. To most people, that they wouldn't feed these lions for so many days before they could even get down to the bottom of the cave. They'd be eaten up. Daniel was put into this situation, put into the lion's den. And the king loved Daniel. He fasted for Daniel all night. Yeah, he did. He fasted for Daniel. He made supplication. He made intercession for Daniel all night. You know, that's the sometimes when a person's going through something that we know of. We have to make intercession for them. Just because a person go through trials and tribulations or sickness or disease doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. See, Job was a righteous man. But sometimes certain situations, certain trials come up and you go through these things. Daniel was a righteous man. And he was in that lion's den. And the king 
was praying for him all night. But guess what? In the morning, the king went to the cave and he said, oh, Daniel, he was asking, did the Lord, you know, he wanted to know what the Lord preserve him. Was he still alive? And guess what? He's the old king. He answered back, which was a miracle in itself. So in the glory, Daniel was in the glory of God. God protected him. The Lord sent angels to shut the lion's mouth and the angels prevented the lions from eating Daniel. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't it, isn't it wonderful to know that's kind of God that we serve? The God that can protect us through any situation? And the king was so happy. He punished those that had brought this against Daniel. Now, what about Paul and Silas? When they were in the jail, they were put in a position because they were righteous and they were praying. They were put in jail because they obeyed God. Now, if you do what God says, he's obligated to bring you out. And he did. They were praying and singing hymns to God. The jail opened up and they walked out. See, God can do that. There is no failure in God. There's nothing impossible with him. So the glory of God will protect you and bring you out and bring you prosperity. The glory of God. Going back to Romans 5 and 3. It says, not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. It employs patience. It put patience to work. So not only that, not only do you have to have faith and patience, for it says, and patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now go with me to Hebrews 6 and 12. So we know that we have to have patience to endure certain things. And then because of our experience, it was David that said, I slew the lion, the bear, and I'm going to slay this giant. I'm going to slay you, Goliath. He went back to his experience. If you're going through something that you've been through before, you got to employ experience. When I was in the working field, I just know that as a Christian, you're going to go through some things, especially on the job, especially if you're surrounded by people that are not Christian. And one thing that I was surrounded by was people that was angry all the time. They were angry. They were angry at life. They were angry at people. They felt like people had done them so wrong. And they brought this to work and they were always angry. And because you're put in a situation like that, it's up to you to show the love of God. It's up to you to handle it in a godly manner. Know the word of God. They don't know how to put the word of God to work. And in these situations, that was experience. And I used one experience as I went from one job to the next job. I would use that previous experience that God had given me to overcome in the next one so I can be victorious. Now, Hebrews 6 and 12 says that ye be not slowful, but followers of them through faith and patience. You inherit the promises. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Turn over to the Hebrews 10 and 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. That means you need to keep it. Which has great recompense of reward. For ye know, ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Going back to James 1 and 2. My brother counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience, let patience, let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When your faith is under pressure. I like this translation. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friend, a gift. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, 
You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. You know what's in a person? When you can tell what's really in a person, you let them get under some pressure. You let them go through some stuff. Gee, you're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And some people, when they're under pressure, do you know some Christians, they will curse you out under pressure? You know why? Because it's in them. Do you know some people would lie under pressure? I mean, Christians, why? It's in them. Do you know some people will steal under pressure? I'm telling you the truth because of pressure. Do you know some people will pray under pressure? You know why? It's in them. Do you know some people will rejoice under pressure? You know why? It's in them. Under pressure. I'm talking about now when your faith is under pressure, what are you going to do? Nearby 8 and 10 says, what's your strength? The joy of the Lord Lord is your strength. You know why people get weak sometimes? What does the scripture say? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know what the enemy's after in you? He's after your joy. He's after your joy because if he can get your joy, he's got you. He's got your strength. You have no strength to fight in the battle. When it gets heated up, when the pressure's turned on, when a person loses their job, when a person loses a family member, whatever the loss is, there's no joy to fight. And that's why as the body of Christ, we come together and we encourage each other to hold on, to know that the word God cannot lie or fail. You know when a person dies in Christ, you know where they're going? They're going to be with him. That's a good thing. Even though we sorrow, we said, we've been endure for a night. Yeah, we have compassion. Yeah, we're human. Yeah, we have feelings. But joy is going to come in the morning. Why? Because it's in us. It's in us to succeed. It's in us as a Christian to walk in victory. See, it's in us. It's in us that when the enemy tries his best shot, oh yeah, the boat may rock and it may look like the enemy's trying to throw me overboard, that we still overcome. By his blood, we overcome. And by our testimony, it's in us to be victorious and overcomers. It's in us. It's in us as a Christian. It's in us that no matter what the enemy plots and plans, and guess what? He's planning something. He's trying to cook up something. But the word of God said no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. I don't care what you've been through in your childhood. I don't care what the enemy tried to plan and, and trap he tried to set up. I don't care if he brought poverty in your life. I don't care if he fought what destruction he tried to bring into your life as a child or even as an adult. Faith has never lost a battle because God sacrificed his son. He said we can overcome anything. But you know what? You can only overcome if you want to overcome. We've all been through some. But guess what? I'm an overcomer. I'm not going to dwell in the past because the past is the past. I can't do nothing about the past. But I can do something about the here and the now. And I can do something about my future, where I'm going. And I made a choice a long time ago that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm on the Lord's side. But God said there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. But guess what? Over the sun where he is, there's always something new. Because God is always bringing down goodness and glory. He's always raining down blessings upon us when your faith is under pressure. If you're taking notes, you may want to write this one down too. It says things that oppose you are only temporary. Isn't that good? It's on the temporary situation. Do you know what the best experience is? The word of God. The best experience is not living through something that's been tragic or horrible. That's not the best experience. That's not the best teacher. The best teacher is the word of God. The Holy Ghost. That's the best teacher. You don't have to
to go through something just because your mama went through it, your daddy went through it, your cousin went through it. No, you have to make a decision. This is the day of salvation. You know, there's certain things that run in different family lines. I mean, sickness and disease. Do you know that? You know what they are? A curse. And God said he wants us to be blessed. So we have to say, hey, that may have run, but it's going to stop with my generation. You know, poverty is going to stop with my generation. This sickness and that, this illness, it's going to stop with my generation. It's not going no farther. It's not going through no more of my family. This is it. Whatever it might be, you can stop it because you are righteous with Christ. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4. It's, we're going to read in 16 against For a light of momentary afflictions is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. This is the Amplified. Beyond measure, exceedingly surpassing all comparisons, and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Since we consider and look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal. That means brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Nehemiah 8 and 10. And the last portion of that says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, have you ever seen somebody with joy? If you tell somebody got joy, the first place you, you're going to see it mostly is on their face. I mean, if they got joy. I mean, people can pretend all kind of things, but most times when the joy is on the inside, we're going to see it on the outside. Amen. The joy. When joy of the Lord comes upon you, I mean, when you're not doubting it, when you're really not doubting it, you have faith and patience to wait on it. Amen. You're going to have faith and patience. If you really believe something, is sitting right in front of me do you need faith for that to believe that no because you can see that with your eyes and you don't need faith for that what you need faith for is the things you can't see and it's through patience you got to hold on to the promises of God you're going to believe that now if I say God wants to fill you with abundant joy if he if he wants to overflow you with something don't you want every good and perfect gift from God I mean if God wants to give you something why don't you just ask him for it he said if you want wisdom let him ask. Let, you have to ask for wisdom. If you want joy, the scripture said you got to leap. It looks foolish to the, to the natural man. Some things God will cause you to do some unusual things that look foolish in the, to the natural man, to the natural woman. It looks foolish in the natural. And it seems foolish to some people that don't know God to get up every morning and read your Bible. That seems foolish. Because they say, well, why are you going to read this book? This book is like every other book. But that's not the truth. We know that. We know this book, this word is spirit and life. You know, this word is a seed. If you need healing, guess what kind of seed you need? You need healing seed. You need to read healing scriptures. If you need money, you need finances. You need to read financial seeds. Because when you put that seed in you and you get it down, it's going to produce a harvest. It's going to produce that what you've been believing for. If you need joy, you need to read some scriptures on joy or joy seed. Whatever you need is in the word of God. Jesus told Martha in John 11 says, if you believe, you shall see. Didn't I tell you if you believe, you would see? Her brother was dead. Her brother had died. Not only just one day, but he admitted three. You know, Jesus is the Lord of the resurrection. I mean, he, her brother had been dead three days. Mary and Martha, the two sisters, they were saying, oh, we know we're going to see him in the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He said, didn't I tell you if you would believe? You would see. Sometimes it's just a process of believing and knowing God by faith. 
Now we know in Hebrews they talk about faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some people say, well, you know, I've heard and I, I've heard and faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith coming by hearing and hearing. That means you got to keep hearing it and keep watering it. That's what hearing is. It's just keep watering it and watering it until you see the manifestation of that thing that you believe. And when your faith is under pressure, when your faith is under pressure, when it seems like things are not working, what do you need to do? Now, I'm just going to give you this. What is faith? Faith forces the supernatural into the natural. That's what faith does. It forces something from the spiritual realm into the natural. Matthew 9 and 18. Matthew 9 and 18. There was this woman and she said, I'm not going to quit until I see my body healed. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had a condition for 12 years and she made a decision to do something about it. And she said, if I can just touch, they talk about how we don't know the hem of garment was a, a was a, an actual robe. But sometimes they said, the, you know, the Jews, they wore a prayer shawl and they said it, each corner it had fringe on it. That's called the hem or the garment. But whatever she touched, she touched the right spot because she touched in faith. And she believed Jesus was, would heal her if she just touched him. See, what situation in your life need to be touched? Where do you need a touch from? Sometimes we're waiting for people to come by. But this woman decided she was going to press on, that she was going to touch Jesus herself. And Jesus said he felt the virtue flow out of him. And it flowed into this woman and changed her situation. You know, just one touch from Jesus can change your whole life. Just one touch in faith can change your whole life. Write this down. You can't win if you quit. That's simple, right? But you know what? There's a lot of people out here quitting. They're quitting on their job. They're quitting on the Lord. They're quitting in their marriages. They're quitting in their bodies. They're quitting with their families, their children. They said, I quit. That's it. I can't take no more. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, come and learn of me. God sent Jesus to bless us. We know that. See, if you're carrying a load that's too heavy, then it's not your load. It's not yours. Jesus said, his yoke is easy. He said, let me bear some things for you. He said, if you give it to me, I will bear the load for you. And you won't have to carry it. You don't have to be burdened by certain things anymore. He wants to fix everything that's out of order in your life. For listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe. And thank you for your generous financial support.